Well, hello, and welcome to Northeast Georgia Health System's Health Perspectives Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Moore, Director of Community Health Improvement. Well, welcome, everyone. We are here with a part two of a previous podcast. We're actually going to have four um, in this series. It's kind of a what to expect when you're expecting. And this time around, we are going to talk about what to expect after my delivery. And in the studio today, we have two great guests. One is Gentry Hunt. She is the nurse manager, uh, postpartum, and manager of lactation services, and also women and children's resources. And we're just going to go down her to-do list because we think that she has a very lengthy one. (laughs) And then Liz Griffin also is a very busy lady. She is our nurse educator on women and children's units um, at Brazelton and all campuses. Is that right? Just Brazelton. Just Brazelton. So she's got a lot going on there. So thank you, ladies, for taking the time to join us today. So I think people may get a little confused when you hear the term, um, you know, mother baby versus postpartum. So what let's talk about when does a person move from mother baby or move to mother baby or postpartum? And can you talk about that difference? Yeah. So mother baby is the same thing as postpartum. People use that interchangeably. You should expect to move to mother baby anywhere between two and three hours after you deliver. So what's happening on that unit is going to be quite a bit different than what's going on on labor and delivery. Yeah, so you have to think about in labor and delivery, you have one patient, the baby is still inside of mom. And so once they deliver, Both of those patients come to mother baby. So that nurse will be taking care of both of you for the length of your stay until you go home. Gotcha. So for those out there listening that that may be getting ready to have a baby themselves, um, the next sort of set of questions might be a little bit more targeted to um, what she may be thinking about. So who can stay with the mom overnight on that unit? Mom can have one support person stay overnight. And a lot of times we see moms or or significant others bring the sibling, which, you know, has been a little bit back and forth with COVID. But um, right now and historically, we have allowed the siblings to visit. And what we want to want everyone in the community to know is that it's not a time for the sibling to try to stay overnight with mom because she's really trying to take care of that newborn. She's trying to take care of herself That rest is very important, and so we just allow the one support person to stay with mom overnight. Makes total sense. And I meant to ask you guys when we started, so are are both of you moms as well? Yes, ma'am. I've got two. I've got a 13-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old boy. Very good. First-hand experience here, yeah. Yes, I have four boys ranging from the ages of 15 all the way down to 21 months. Wow. Got your hands busy. You're busy at home and you're busy at work. (laughs) Very much so. So some of this experience hadn't been too long ago for you guys. It's I was laughing earlier and saying it's been 21 years since I had my (laughs) one baby. But it's funny how you definitely remember all the details. It's so important. And 
it's just the kind of thing that sticks with you really the rest of your life. So this is fun to talk about. Um, so on the mother-baby unit, postpartum, does the baby stay in the room with the mom usually? Yes, that's actually one of the things that we have switched over to is having the baby in the room at all times except for procedures such as the cir- circumcision. Um, just kind of helps mom and baby with the bonding. That's good. I'm sure most moms love that, if not all. They do. And there's times that mom, you know, gets to a point where she needs a moment and her nurse is very aware of that and can step in and uh, facilitate, you know, some some time um, that she needs to take a shower if no one's there or just to step away for a moment because it's a very emotional, exhausting experience. And so the nurses are very aware when their patient has kind of met their max, but As a general rule, the baby does stay in the room with mom. We don't have a nursery uh, for the babies to go and and stay in. I'm glad that you touched on that because I do think the nurses that work with new moms and new babies, it's it's really kind of a calling, isn't it? Because it's a really, um, as you said, emotional time of your life and important time. And the nurses just really help these the women through and kind of seem to anticipate their questions. So that seems to be quite a calling. I would agree with that. Yeah. What, um, in terms of packing clothes for the baby, should new moms pack clothes and bring them? They're always welcome to bring whatever clothing and stuff that they want for themselves and for their babies. Um, We do supply the sleep shirts and diapers and all those kind of things for baby, though. So not too much to worry about there. No, it's completely optional. Most parents do want to bring, you know, their cute little outfits that they got, which is always uh, fun for the nurses to see how cute they are. And um, But we also uh, giggle and ooh and ah over the babies in just the regular hospital t-shirt too. So it's completely optional for whatever the mom wants. Another question that seems to come up is just around meal planning. I mean, of course, the mom is taken care of when she's a a patient in the hospital and all that lactation education goes on for um, the babies. But how about just in thinking about the family that might be there or come to visit? What about sort of meal planning? So the meals are provided for mom. Um, However, uh, you know, dad or significant other, whoever may be that support person, should plan on providing their own meals. We do have uh, the cafeteria within the hospital. We have a couple different options. At this point, they are free to leave. Again, that changes with COVID surges, but currently they are free to leave um, and get whatever food they want. Sometimes they choose to bring mom back something special if she's wanting that. And then um, we always encourage bringing snacks, especially if mom's breastfeeding. A lot of times uh, they can be you know, extra hungry during uh, the times that they're breastfeeding. And so we do have some snacks uh, that we have on the unit that are healthy for mom. Um, But sometimes they want something specific. So mom does have food, meals, snacks that are provided. But we do encourage dad to kind of plan ahead on what um, our significant other, whoever that support person is. It can be a multitude of people. Um, But they they need to plan ahead of of how they're going to get their meals. Very good. Good to know for planning. 
So how long pretty much, um, and I guess it is going to, of course, vary depending on the mother's situation and what all's going on, but how long typically do moms stay in the hospital after delivery? Like you said, it does depend on the type of delivery that they had and their history. So your moms who are first-time moms doing a vaginal delivery, it's typically about 48 hours. So in two days, they typically go home. And then for C-sections, it's three to four days. Now, the moms who have had babies before, gone through things before, and kind of know the the way that it goes, um, they can go home earlier. So moms sometimes can go home at 24 hours. And then C-sections, it depends on pain control and um, any complications that they've had. So in thinking about um, choosing a pediatrician, is that something moms need to think about and pick before they deliver? And then who, what physician sees uh, the baby in the hospital? While they are in in the hospital, we have hospitalists uh, through the Long Street Clinic that, that round on all of the babies. It is very important for the parents to choose a pediatrician prior to delivery for a couple of reasons. Number one is we have to do a state metabolic screening test, and those results need to be forwarded to the correct pediatrician so that after discharge, um, they are getting those results. Um, The second reason is you will have to make a follow-up very soon after discharge, usually 24 to 48 hours. So knowing that physician that you've chosen ahead of time is going to make the discharge process easier and getting that set up. So I assume like when the mom is getting the prenatal care and so forth, this is something that maybe comes up? We would hope so. Uh, Sometimes uh, it's very OB focused uh, and sometimes those conversations may slip through the cracks, um, but it is something that they need to be thinking about early on. And I know that they they usually get a packet from their um, OBGYN that does have some discussion of that and and information. So starting that conversation early and um, doing your research and figuring out who's going to fit best with your family as far as pediatricians, it's important. Uh, It just makes the whole process easier once you deliver. Yes. Anything that you can do ahead of time probably makes things go much, much smoother. So when we think about this, you know, oftentimes things happen that maybe aren't expected. Um, What happens if the baby needs special care, um, say, in the neonatal intensive care unit? And do do moms and family, can they visit um, in the NICU? Again, currently with... um our current state with COVID, mm-hmm. they are allowed to have two visitors. Both of those are the banded um, uh, mom and then whoever she has chosen as the support person that has the other band, which has a number that links them to baby. Those two banded individuals are allowed to visit ne- their neonate unrestricted. Um, but again, as things change with COVID surges and um, community spread, that you know, can change rapidly. So always looking at our visitation policy is important before you come in to deliver. When you think about neonatal intensive care, what are what are some reasons that babies end up needing that special level of care? Um, there's a number of things that could cause the baby to go into the NICU. Um, I think that some of our most common are respiratory issues, just having some trouble transitioning from inside the womb to outside. 
And then also um, sugar imbalances. They're not able to regulate their sugars and they need some extra fluids or um, extra care. And so I suppose there might be times when the mother might know ahead of time that the baby needs that special level of care or sometimes they don't know that and it's that need comes forth through the regular course of care there are some things that i think that they think is normal like there's some they'll talk about the baby doing we call it grunting when they're doing that "Mm, mm," Mm -hmm. and they think it's cute Mm -hmm. not realizing that it's something that needs to be watched and then you do have the other moms that just kind of something's not right what's can you come in and look at the baby yeah that's good mother's intuition is always good let's talk a little bit about Um, education and information that gets given to moms during that time. You know, as we talked about earlier, it's an emotional time. There's certainly a lot going on, (laughs) a lot to get used to all at once. And then at the same time, you're being given a lot of good information, but maybe it's a little bit hard to keep up with everything. So is there a place that moms can get this education and information even after leaving the hospital? Yeah, so as far as education, most of our education is centered around a book. It's called the New Beginnings Book, and that is given right after delivery, and it has pretty much every piece of education that you need. Um However, when we talk about information or results or things that have occurred while while in the hospital, which are also very important because sometimes your pediatrician will be asking you those things, um, we do have, uh, it's called My Chart through Epic, and um, you sign up and you um, do a proxy form uh, to be able to uh, look at your infant's information. All of that is um, vital to your care in the community. It's um, a wonderful tool to be involved in your care. And um, we definitely want to encourage anyone that has care here at Northeast Georgia Medical Center to sign up for my chart so that they can be involved in their care. So my chart, I believe, is free to anyone who wants to be on my chart. And also, you can very easily, I think it's very user-friendly to sign up for my chart. And you can go to NGHS.com and search that. And I believe you get some step-by-step instructions, but that is definitely a, a great way to, to stay in communication with your physician's office and have access to all those reports and lab results and so forth. So that's um, definitely something to take advantage of. Switching gears a little bit, let's talk about that all-important car seat. Should parents go ahead and have that installed before they come to the hospital? It is highly encouraged. Um, And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. Hospital personnel are, by law, not supposed to install car seats. So the parents are ultimately responsible, responsible for that. What we see in the community is a very high percentage of car seats installed incorrectly. I want to say into the 90% range. Um, So we do have local fire stations that are certified car seat technicians. They can make sure your base is installed correctly and make sure that you understand how to um, properly put your baby in the car seat prior to delivery. And that way, when you come in, you're prepared. We don't ask that you bring the base in, just the car seat. 
And um, so those are a couple reasons why it's very important, mostly because you know that it's installed correctly, which is the safest for your baby. Definitely. And I should have double checked this probably, um, but I'm pretty sure there are Safe Kids Coalitions and they do offer some education on, on car seat installation. I know at one time, I hope they still offer this, but there was also a class available through, um, I know at least in Hall County at the local health department, and there are other Safe Kids Coalitions um, out there too. So depending on what county you're in, you could probably Google that um, or go to Safe Kids of Georgia and, and check out that information. That's actually a good class. We have our nurses go through that just so we can recognize things to correct patients on before they're going home. Very good. Very good. So what do moms do if they they leave the hospital and they're like, oh, I wish I would have asked asked X, Y, Z question. Um, What did they do? So most importantly, we would refer them back to that New Beginnings booklet because it really does have pretty much all the information that you're going to need. If um, uh, your questions are not answered there, you also have the availability of an online education platform that the hospital participates in. It's called YoMingo, and you can find that information um, in our New Beginnings booklet. There's um, some information at the doctor's offices and also on our website. However, if your question is still not answered after you go to those two um, uh, items, uh, then you would reach out to your OBGYN or your pediatrician, unless, of course, it's an emergency, and then we would uh, instruct you to call 911. But if it's just a general question, it's most likely going to be answered uh, in that that new beginnings booklet. Very important booklet. (laughs) Yes. Well, we've covered a lot of information today. Let me ask you, are there any points or any topics that you feel like we didn't cover that we might want to go back to and cover? I think the biggest one would be with new moms not being afraid to ask questions if they don't know. Um, You are kind of overwhelmed. You don't know what's going on. You may have something in your mind different from how things played out. And the nurse is there to help. So just whatever you have questions on, ask while you're there and you can think about it. Good tip. Most definitely. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today. We appreciate your expertise and your thoughts, ladies. And uh, just want to encourage you all out there listening that there's lots of information out there and available on the Internet. But just be sure to double check your sources of information. And one good source uh, is www.nghs.com. We wish you well, and thanks for joining us on Health Perspectives.